Welcome to the Collaborate podcast. I'm Victor Adibuali, chair and founder of Collaborate. Collaborate's a small organisation with massive ambition. We want to look beyond the challenges we currently face in society and start a conversation about the future. We live in challenging times and I think we need more collaboration in society, in public services, in our economy, all to create a better future. So we're exploring what a collaborative society could look like, how you build it and where the green shoots are. And as part of this, I'm talking to some fascinating people about how they are creating change through their work. Patrick Vernon is an activist. He says he calls himself a commentator, a social commentator, but I always see him as an activist. What I really like about Patrick, apart from his his, his knowledge and his, his humility, you know, he's one of these guys. He, he lets the he lets the work speak for him um, rather than speak for the work. He's not in the front of his stuff. Uh, the work is, and it's and it's amazing work. Um, and it and I can't, you know, finish the introduction by mentioning this is the guy that started the Windrush campaign, you know, single-handedly. But he won't tell you that. You have to get it out of him. Um, what he's pleased, but what he will tell you is what's happening <laughs> with the Windrush, almost as though he wasn't involved in it. And I just I just admire that humility and his commitment and, the, and his blackness, you know, as, as a black man. I think he's um, someone I look up to, so I'm going to talk to Patrick. I'm really excited uh, to be talking to my good friend and sometime collaborator, actually, yeah. uh, Patrick Vernon. Um, tell us a bit about yourself. Uh, I mean, about who, me? Who you are, Patrick? It's what's, what's so, going on? I'm one of these guys that I like to be in the background and just do stuff. And I, I mean, know. I don't mind talking about myself now and again, but I just like to be there. I like the work to speak for itself, I think to me. Uh, so you put me on the spot, Victor. Um, yeah, that's why I'm here, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, a bit about me. So I suppose um, I was born in Wolverhampton. Um, my parents came from Jamaica. Both of them came from Jamaica in the late fifties. That kind of classic Windrush generation uh, narrative. You know, they were told the streets were paved with gold. They found out they were disappointed. But I think the important thing is actually, you know, this year um, in um, October is going to be the 60th anniversary of my parents getting married. Wow. 60 years, and they're still going strong. Actually, they're, 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 they're in the eighties. Wow. The, you, know, and you know, my dad wasn't that well recently uh, he's okay and yeah. um, he goes to church and he helps out he volunteers at church we talk about active citizenship if I could be an active citizen like him and he's in his 80s they even call him young man yeah. because he's always well, he's, doing, you know yeah. and he thinks he's a young man still anyway that's yeah. the story he's a fellow of the local community well something like that yeah, yeah. But, and, and, yeah. and that's where you got your led by example well I mean they were, no, they were, for many years they were just you know they just worked they, just, yeah. they worked they yeah. raised myself my four yeah. sisters and then later on my um, grandchildren great grandchildren so they've got about three or four three and a half yeah. generations of us in, in Wolverhampton. Are they all Wolverhampton. activists? Are they all? Not really. I'm, I suppose out of all out of all of my siblings, I'm the one that's the activist. Yeah. I trained. I studied. Went to university. Went yeah. to law. I studied. I did my first undergrad uh, and then postgrad mm. and law side finals. But I decided not to. It's really weird. I decided not to practice law. I was at university in the heydays of the eighties when. Uh, students were referred to come as a radical and yeah. that, that period of radicalism <laughs> minor strike and the, there's lots of things happened in the 80s during the height of factorism yeah. that people that forced people to be radical and to be activists and I think that's I got my I cut my you teeth from turned. that absolutely and, and in a funny way after all these years I still feel that we're both into music and growing up in Wolverhampton dub music and, and roots music was 
a key part of my, you know, upbringing. Later on, I, I defaulted went to jazz, funk, and disco. But anyway, you left the cause. I left the cause. I started but, with jazz, funk, and disco, and I've no, I've never really done the reggae thing. Really, yeah, I've got a few tracks. Yeah, yeah. But for me, grew up. That was that, that was a that was a kind of soundtrack of the, the Dublin, and actually that reinforces that kind of mm. activism and mm. stuff like that for me. And what what's happening in Britain today? Brexit. Um, Brexit, uncertainty, more Brexit, uh, and you know, and and but there's actually a new breed of activists out there. There's a yeah. whole group of young people, black and white, are re- are looking back into the back catalogue of our of historical struggles and it, forming yeah. new struggles uh, because if it, even the whole stuff around the ex- um, you know rebellion extinction, yeah, and uh, some of the people involved in organising that, and you know, uh, you might not, you know, and it's interesting that. That was that people did that during the poll tax rights back what in the eighties. What do you think's going on there? Because I I don't know about you, but I have this. I find it. I'll be honest. It's some, it's almost an exhausting sense of deja vu. You know, yeah. you walk out of the you walk out of your office, or yeah, yeah. you've got homelessness on the streets of London. Yeah. I think everybody's saying now that it's worse than it was in the eighties. Yeah, you've got poverty, which mm. is probably worse than we've got food banks. Yes. we've got we've got Windrush. We've yeah. got yeah. what you know. What's going on? I'm almost, I'm almost obliged to ask you. You know, this yeah. deja vu. Do you not find it exhausting that we're back to almost back to where we were in the eight? It feels like. It could, is that it, what's is, is that what's going could, on? It, well, yes and no. It's very complicated with all these things, Victor. I think, on one level, you're quite right. It does feel like deja vu. Uh, the only, I think, the difference is that it's it's more uh, it's more um, at a bigger scale. Mm. Of the in terms of the struggles around discrimination and social injustice, so yes, there always has been homelessness, but it's everywhere. Yeah. Um, people's rights, people thought they had rights, and they realised they weren't the rights weren't really there in the first place. So it was almost it feels like in a kind of an illusion. But I think social media, whereas before back in the day, you might have read the odd story in the media, yeah, unless you would, unless you had a direct experience in a cause, yeah. But like now. You can you got choice. You can name the cause, any cause that you can think of, and there's a video, there's a blog, there's a tweet, there's a social media message, and so therefore it feels there's more. Does of that it. make it worse, though? I mean, I, I, does that make it? Is that the difference? I mean, you, you know, if you were to say what 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 are the big challenges now as opposed to then, you seem to be saying that social media is one of them. No, I'm saying no. Simple social media amp- amplifies those causes okay. because those those issues are there. I mean, social media is, can be a problem in its own right, to be quite honest. I mean, yeah. you know, like if you get trolled on Twitter and... Do you get trolled? Oh, yeah, I've been trolled. Yeah, you know, not mm. all the time. Um, I get trolled now and again, especially yeah. when there are... Um, going back to Wolverhampton, I got trolled when I raised concerns that the black country flag, which is used to celebrate the industrial heritage of the black country, I made that... I said that it's got links with slave trade and I got hate mail and trolled Twitter. Really? It's almost like I kind of... To, uh, raise on a truth about something which people don't want to talk about. So do you? Do you? So I want to, I want to talk about some of the challenges that that you see now. What are the big challenges now? You talk yeah. a bit about the past and your yeah. past and how it's all. Yeah. But but what are the big challenges that you see now? I, you know, again, I mean, are they the same? How are they different? I mean, what? the challenges the, the challenges have always been there. I mean, the difference is is just how you influence. The, the powers that be, and some of the challenges, and we've got new nuances. I think now, I think it's what's quite clear: the whole stuff around um, climate change mm. is now a serious issue to be considered. Whereas ten, five, even ten years ago, five years ago, uh, people didn't take that seriously. But now it's t- because climate change is actually linked with um, the black struggle. 
people, you know, it's not simply about, um, you know, friendly environmentalists, because if you look at what's happening around uh, in Africa and, and also yeah. what's happening in the Caribbean. Those countries and, 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 are going to feel it first. Uh, they're they're already feeling it. Yeah. And that forces migration. That's, that, that links to the migration. Mm. It links to what's happening in the Mediterranean Sea. Mm. Okay, people might be fleeing short-term poverty and short-term and um, political pr- persecution and stuff mm. like that. Mm. But, also, that's, but that's because the, but some of the context in Africa... Um, Parts are is where climate change is all an impact. Yeah. Is that an impact on resources and water and yeah. well, we've access? We've always had immigration there, and they, well, I, say, I can hear what you're saying that, yeah. that um, the environment is almost certainly going to going to push and it's going to and it's going to be push bigger immigration to yes. be a more a sharper thing. So, so but we've always had it, yeah. um, and and uh, I mean the the responses to it yeah. now are far more aggressive. Than yeah. they were in the eighties, yeah, and that's not just about environmental pressures, is it? No, there's no, something else going on. No, there's something else going on. I think we are at a stage in in uh, in, in well in terms of the world, world economy, world politics, all the kind of standard norms that we took for granted for better or for worse are all t- are flipped themselves upside down, which is creating this kind of chaos type scenario, and people are trying to work out some. Uh, semblance of normality in this, in this period of chaos. Mm. I think for such, a, for such a long time, people thought we were in this nice, yeah. tolerant British world where everyone would turn it on the cheek now and again. Yeah. Uh, and you know, but you got the, Tommy Robinson; he can walk around any part of London or any part of Britain. Oh, yeah, dinner at bold, the House of Lords. Bold, bold as brass, yeah. and he's got an entourage with him. Yeah, it raises issues around the types of leadership that we want to see. Mm-hmm. So some people want the type of Tommy Robinson type Nigel Farage okay. leadership, okay. Uh, and that includes BME people as well, by the way. Yeah, yeah, That's, yeah. I know, many, uh, I know many black people. Yeah, but... and you know because they're, they're like, and the reason why they choose them because the the take the talking the vote comes the truth and they're up front, whereas lots of conventional politics is very coded and very yeah. mystique and very guarded. Yeah, and therefore people when you do all that, people don't trust. Politicians, or don't trust what's what's the real story. Mm. In terms of leadership, I think it's about how it's about issue around diversity in leadership. Mm-hmm. When I say diversity in leadership, um, it's about particularly the area I feel really passionate about is an issue around um, race equality in leadership. Yeah. And it's almost like our voices are still not to be we're still not taken seriously. We're still in pockets. So yeah. you can make an intervention as an individual, yeah. but we need, you know, we need more of us doing those interventions on a consistent and, and, and regular yeah. basis. And that's, that's where I, most of your, I mean, that's where I came across you. Your, your, the theme of your work today has yeah. been about this issue of race, yeah. race and race equality yes, and yeah. race leadership. And, yes. And, and tell me, um, when, how does the, how does this, some of the issues that you've raised in so far affect? Relationships and the current policies and the current challenges and the economy. I mean, are there things that you, you know, how does it how does it play out in sort of day to day experience? Well, I, I can give you three examples. So we have every year we have Black History Month, mm. as you know, been celebrating here for the last thirty one years now, mm. and and what for the last five six years I've been doing quite a few talks at universities. Yeah. So I'm meeting. Uh, you know, undergrads, some postgrads, but many undergrads, first year, second year at university, and and maybe our life, our world's different. You know, it felt like I felt I felt like it was like a struggle going to university, getting getting there in the first place. Yeah. You know, no, 
parents didn't, didn't go to university, didn't know about this mystique called university. We had to kind of navigate to get to yeah, university, yeah. whereas now there's more universities, there's information online, there's people, mm. there's now people that you can talk to who've been to university and give advice yeah. and tips like that. So, and I thought, you know, so I've been to these talks, um, I've been to, so I was in Leeds University yeah. and other universities up and down the country. And what really hit me was that um, these undergraduates who are going to be our future leaders, yeah. future you know, um, they were quite, and, and I was invited around an issue around well-being and mental health. Yeah. And a lot of these young- Well, you've done a lot of work. Yeah, but actually, but they wanted that topic. And the reason was because they're struggling. Yeah. They're actually struggling at university. Not, I mean, a lot of young people are struggling at university yeah. because I think the whole culture of university is different, maybe compared to the time that we were at university. Mm -hmm. But, the, you know, it's a very... Um, but one of the key issues that they were... And one of the... They're suffering from an issue around identity. You know, so they might have, some of them might have had nice lifestyles in terms of the parents and some went to good schools and had a, you know mm. good li um, life experiences before they went to university and then the reality kicks in that this is university and it kind of reminds them of the kind of structural racism of society by being in those university settings so and, they're and, experiencing and, racism at university yeah yeah okay. uh, and in terms of how they are respected by the tutors yeah. the course content yeah. that is covered they're thinking that this could be a really yeah. liberating experience. It's the opposite. You know, it's a complete opposite. Yeah. Whereas back in the day, I was just happy to get to a, a university yeah, yeah. just to, to get the basics, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So there's a different kind of experience. And also on top of that, people pay, pay, are paying their fees. Yeah. So they have a different expectation of what they want from university. And some of them are quite beside themselves. These young people saying, you know, and so, you know, I'm not getting, I didn't expect university to be like this and I'm struggling mm. and, and I think there's an increase in dropout rates there is an increase dropout uh, drop rate and I think one of the reasons one's increased dropout yeah. rate is a disconnect between and they're less likely to get higher grades yeah and a, yeah, and a disconnect between their experience at university what their own value base is and they realise that racism is actually live and kicking yes and there are more black graduates more BME graduates getting good degrees and good qualifications but as you know not everyone is getting when they leave university not they're not getting the kind of they're not getting those those opportunities to progress their career so you would say that what you uh, partly the experience of um, of racism of uh, some of these disconnects that you talk to in society yeah. is kind of one of the one of the ways they exhibit themselves is in the next generation to us yes. actually re-experiencing racism re-experiencing yes. their expectations being thwarted at yeah. university at university yeah I mean at the university there's only about a handful of us back in the day yeah, anyway that's true, yeah. literally uh, so it's different now you've got a whole cohort yeah. of young people yeah. uh, who are there all sharing these experiences so are you saying institutions despite it sounds like what you're saying is uh, Despite the efforts that were made in the eighties, the protests, the activism, yeah. actually the institutions haven't changed much. And and even though there's a greater number of of, of, of young black people going to university, the institutions yeah. that what they see is institutions as they were almost thirty years ago. Yeah, in a, in a fundamental way, absolutely. I mean, if you just have to look at the number of how many black professors there are. Yeah. It's I mean, you know, bad, yeah. it's, it's, it's still, it's still shocking. Bad. It's pretty bad. Um, you know, if we're going to have the next generation of uh, NHS managers, mm. lawyers, mm. activists, mm. Uh, whatever the, the professions, occupations that we want people to occupy yeah. and to succeed, yeah. um, and 
you know, we want to equip people, don't we, to, yeah. to take on those challenges, have the confidence to rise to the challenge, build on hopefully what we've left our, our, our experiences, our knowledge base, or what, what legacies that we have left, you know, etc. And on our shoulders and reach uh, a bit higher. And reach well, much higher, yeah. much higher. We don't, we don't want to be in a situation whereby only a handful like, like now reach that stage, but we, and there's a whole generation just of mm. wasted talent. Mm. So I want to, I want to move on yeah, yeah, so, um, yeah. a little bit because that's kind of set a, I think people know who you are now, <laughs> what you stand for, <laughs> yeah. um, a bit. I want to talk on, I want to talk a bit about this collaboration, this notion sure. of, of, of could, could things be better? And, and is the collaboration a route to doing that? Yeah. Could we, could we, we talk about a collaborative society? And I wonder, you know, in your view, based on your experiences, what would that look like? Well, I, well, I kind of give. You, I think collaboration has always been there, whether we make it the expression explicit or not. Mm. So, if we look at the whole civil rights movement in America, mm. that was purely based on collaboration. It wasn't mm. simply Martin Luther King doing his speech, "I yeah. have a dream." Underneath that, behind that speech, was a collaboration of obviously um, African Americans and ranging from people involved in the various church movements campaigners, lawyers, you had a lot of Jewish people involved in the civil rights movement. Mm. You had a whole range of white people who were sympathetic to the... Well, you look uh, at the march uh, across the bridge, and, and the one marching, thing yeah, I noticed yeah, when yeah. you see that is the Selma. numbers of white people. Selma, 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 Selma yeah. the number of white people yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Were, that were there. So, 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 a, so let's face it, if it wasn't for that collaboration, I don't think you would have had that civil rights moment, mm. you know, which was reflected again when Barack Obama became the first African-American mm -hmm. US president. People knew that that fact story of a collaboration and again it's he got there because of collaboration mm. uh, as well we have we have our collaborations here in the uk as well like it might not be as glamorous as sexy as the as our counterparts in the us but we've had that i mean if you look at the history of the 65 race relations act 68 mm. 78 race relations act 76 relations act the whole stuff connected with Steve what would it look like going going forward okay I mean, you talk about the past quite a bit, and I, I, can, I get it. Yeah. But, but what would a collaborative society, if we think that collaboration is is one of the interventions, one of the ways we can move forward as a society, what would it look like? What would it look like in terms of, I don't know, sharing power or looking after each other more? Or I don't, what, what, what would it it's mean? It's interesting because there have been lots of experiments done by, particularly under New Labour, um, mm. on the whole idea. So if you can remember the whole stuff around area-based initiatives, which I ran one, I ran the mm. whole health action zone, there was whole, the neighbourhood renewal stuff, the new deal for communities, yeah. that was worked on the premise that we've got we've got a pile of money, if we bring the community together with local authority and other statutory and you can collaborate mm. to shape, mm. place shape a neighbourhood, yeah. redesign the neighbourhood, yeah. tackle design crime out no, I think there were examples where it, there was, it started something really positive but in the end um, due to uh, lack of um, board when, what happens with any central government initiative if you can't demonstrate instant the, results instant results then they get bored and they move on um, secondly there's always at a local level there's always the positioning of local stakeholders, NHS, local authorities, the police, the community, res you know, all that kind of local stakeholders. Everyone's fight, still fighting for their yeah. corner, basically, because the collaboration is based around money and, and, a, and, a, and a kind of delivery documents. So why anyway, didn't it... So, okay, so, you, so I can understand why it didn't work. Yeah. So you're saying, you know, we, it, the, 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 the attention span of the government was too short, yes. the money ran out. Yeah. 
what what can we learn from that? Well, what can we learn from that is actually we've well, is it worth bothering, frankly. Not well. We have to try things. We have to collaborate because Ooh. if we don't collaborate, then health, the, the, the inequalities in terms of income, poverty, and wealth, and and power and influence gets wider and wider. So you have to create. You have to create kind of brokerage structures where there's brokerage to, to, to either take away the power or to manage the power or make the power more accountable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you have to, that's, collaboration is important in that sense. So just getting back to this, the future, uh, what would a collaborative society look like? You've said you think collaboration is important. You, I think you're indicating that, that, that fundamentally collaboration is a political act? It's a political act, it's a social act, it's an act of values. I think if you can talk about collaboration for it to work, it does require everyone sharing a value base of some sort or at least agreeing to uh, a, a way of doing stuff. That's, I think that's key. So when we talk about collaboration, what is what is the principles of collaboration? Yeah. What are the rules of engagement around collaboration? What is the outcome of collaboration? So you know we, these things need to be kind of discussed. Whether it's about changing, um, uh, building a new housing state, or developing uh, a health intervention, or change or restructuring how local government changes delivery services, or or whatever it is. That it, and, and do you think that that was missing in the in the? Uh, the sort of place attempts to collaborate in the past. You, you talk about money and the lack of attention. You, it seems that the one thing that was missing was the sort of establishing the rules of engagement. I think, I think so. The, value, the shared values. I think the shared values, even though it's, I think that's quite important. I think that's the reason why it kind of but people keep to their value base and then it breaks down. So if you remember, there were there were fifty new deals for community areas. Yeah. You know, loads of money that. Were yeah. Over a billion pounds, or, or yeah. whatever. The word. Uh, how many of those still? How many of those New Deal areas are still working on the principles of a New Deal? Yeah. Or was that deal gone? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think there's that many, to be quite honest. Yeah. So you would say that there was a fundamental uh, mistake in not thinking about and working on the shared yeah. value. And can I just ask you: yeah. Is it possible to collaborate across values boundaries? Because I wonder about the bubble. You know, yeah. the, the, we, me and you agree on a lot of things, yeah, right? Sure, yeah. So it's easy, yeah. right? Yeah. But what happens if you were talking to some of those universities, professors, for instance, who yeah. have done quite well out of the, you uh, know, uh, yeah. the status quo, as it were? Yeah. How do you collaborate with those people, or, or in value, or in places where values are very different? You know, you've got yeah. people who are racist, frankly, and, yeah, and, yeah. and you've got people, you know, uh, African Caribbean, African and Caribbean and Asian people who. Who can see a future, but but not like this? So, yeah. uh, is it? Have you seen that? Is that possible? It's actually going back to Windrush. There, there was a collaboration. Cause you had it wasn't a formalised collaboration. Ooh. You had um, the Caribbean High Commissioners concerned about what was happening to their citizens. Ooh. You had. Uh, Organisations like JCWI and Runnymede Trust and other That's Joint Council for Welfare Immigrants. Oh yeah. yes, they were concerned from the impact of the hostile environment. Mm. Um, you had um, uh, obviously journalists like Camille Gentleman and mm. May Bullman from the Independence, and later on the Voice came on board. Others concerned about that. And then also you had myself as activists, other people mm. and lawyers. And actually, we collaborated and we all worked together mm. to put pressure on the government. But it wasn't like we sat in a big room. No, we all were doing our in our our yeah. our, 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 our thing. Yeah, and then. It was like a network of people. And, then, and, what, and what came together, and we all came together on one occasion. Mm. There was a press conference that took place at 
I think at the Barbados or St. Kitts High Commission Ooh. at the height of the scandal and yeah. we're all in the same we're yeah. all in the same physical space that's how we made the connection yeah. and so the Windrush scandal was a collaboration Ooh. effort it wasn't like we sat down did a Ooh. but everyone was looked at well the government are treating this generation yeah. and people abusing uh, taking away their rights and we all collaborated differently yeah. but it worked yeah. it, was a, it, was a, it was a it was a collective collaboration uh, of putting pressure on the government and then everyone piled and then, then everyone piled and, in afterwards and are there lessons so that worked at a sort of national scandal it was a national scandal yeah, yeah. it still yeah. is yeah. but it, it you know it raised the profile and it got the attention of yes. the government and all that yeah. but are the lessons uh, you think from that in terms of that collaboration that might be applied more locally I, I think so I think so Forget, I mean the, what, what, obviously the government's doing this lessons that review and that's, yeah. that's not a story but I think there's lessons um, that we can learn from a collaboration perspective um, can remember immigration is always a hot topic as you know mm. and the very fact that you had waves of British public had empathy and sympathy yeah. uh, for the Windrush um, generation and scandal mm. uh, as well as actors which I described involved yeah. in that process to yeah. make their case and yeah. To, yeah. so you could you could do that so if there's a cause with someone if a, if a community feels strongly about um, so it might you know a classic example when I, I used to be a counsellor mm. um, in, in, in Hackney classic example is um, pedestrian crossing yeah. outside of junior school yeah all parents, black, white, whoever, yeah. I can want to make sure the, the, the children get, yeah. get knocked over. So you know, you, people would come together mm. and do a campaign. We want, we want to have a crossing mm. to protect our children from not yeah. being knocked over. Yeah. So, so where there's a commonality, yeah, those things do work and they have worked. Yeah. I think the question is, how can you then scale it up to do system change around the way the services are delivered, yeah. or commissioned? Yeah. That's the question, yeah. basically. And do you think you think that's possible? It's possible, but it requires those people with the power to have a re-educational program. They have to re they have to unlearn their roles as commissioners and providers uh, in, a, in, a, in a fundamentally different way. I mean, I think one of the things. I mean, again, I, I I'm curious about what your response to this might be. I think one of the things about the Windrush. Um, uh, scandal and the way it was handled was that there was narratives, there was stories yeah. about individuals. Yes, and it's almost as though the response, to, the response to those stories, regardless. I mean, it was interesting. There were some people who I would say were racist, yeah. uh, who who I would have said were racist in their public utterings. Yeah. Um, you know, a couple of months before yeah. coming out supporting Windrush. Yes, yeah. Because the stories, the stories, so, the, the, the narrative, absolutely. And, and absolutely. I wonder about the, you know, you. You seem to be saying that applying that kind of principle of of narrative might work locally. Yeah, and you're also saying focus on an issue that affects everyone, regardless of their. Yeah, of their... I mean, yeah, because the windows, even though the windows affected um, X number of people within the Caribbean African yeah. community and the, and the wider Commonwealth, everyone could identify with the windows because they identified it on on a level that, everything, yeah, that everyone think of what. Food, music, yeah. culture, connections, yeah. love, relationships. Yeah. People could make a connection. Yeah, hang on a minute. Yeah. You know what you mean? That could be me. That's, yeah, yeah. That, what oh, must that, it be yeah. like? Oh, that's my These partner, that's my, that's my neighbour, yeah. that's my work colleague. Yeah. People could identify with that. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that, so it's about that connection. Mm. So you're saying, you know, I mean, I get it. And, and the, the notion of, of changing the way services operate, applying some of those principles about 
um, focusing on what matters to everyone, uh, telling stories. Yes. Um, and you were saying that perhaps some of the commissioning and some of the ways things are done have to be unlearned by the people doing them now. Absolutely. Uh, how does how does that happen? Do you think? I mean, because you know. The... So this is where I think because you know I'm um, I've got Winston Churchill Travel Awards and I've been I went to the Caribbean mm. recently. I'm going to America in the next few weeks, yeah. and I'm looking at the whole stuff around arts and mental health. Yeah. Not so much looking at mental health services per se, but can yeah. can art culture identity be used to influence stuff yeah. that's, that's the that's a yeah. question can it? In, well, in, I was in Jamaica I thought I could find the answer and mm. the answer's not really there I mean in a nutshell the answer's there but you'd think someone like Jamaica which is the oozing of culture and Ooh. identity it gave the world reggae yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, but it's not reflected directly in how services are done yeah, yeah. it's almost like it's there it's, yeah. the, it's like there in the background yeah. uh, you know whereas I suppose in the UK and as you know through our work that we've done for many years is it's almost when you get in the, in the mental health system it's almost like they take away your humanity mm. or your culture you, you're now this person yeah and and you know how do you bring that humanity back in mm. uh, and I think one of the key questions is how do we use you know um, creativity the arts culture in a way to shift that to change to unlearn as part of the, as part of the so yeah. you're saying that I can see the connection between narrative arts, yeah. culture, to yeah. drive a different a, yeah. paradigm, different way yes. of thinking about services, a different yes. way of thinking about communities. Uh, yeah, and so I think one of the key issues is the current way that we think about services. Right. The, the, the current way that we look at needs assessment, the current way that we talk about leadership in delivery. Before I was a councillor, politics is... The, the politics or the the delivery or the, the, the community leadership around the delivery of public services. Yeah. So whether you're on the board of a, a NHS, NHS organisation or governors of schools or elected representatives in terms of running um, kind of council services, I think collaboration model could be used, should be used mm. in those settings because you are delivering public services yeah. in one shape or another. Um, you there is a direct impact on your leadership decision making on a group of beneficiaries and individuals, and those individuals should be part of the should be part of the conversation and be part of the decision making process. So let's bring it. I'm trying to bring things to uh, some kind of conclusion. Sure. I was going to ask you. So, what do we need to do differently? How do you think we can bring about this different collaborative? society yes. in a way you've mentioned you've talked about leadership yes is there any other other things that, that that you think would bring this different way of working about um i think well I, I think it's about um people being open to new possibilities mm. i think the problem is actually we we we're still very risk averse Right. Uh, as a as a country, we're very risk averse in terms of lots of decision stuff, and, and and the reason why we're risk averse is because we've been told that if you do something different, then there'll be these un, unintended consequences. Yeah. What motivates you, Pat? Because you've been at this for a long time. It's like you know, yeah, it's, it's, you're a, like, it's you're a, a machine, man. You're Me? a machine. I'm yeah, not, I'm not like a machine. Keep, no, I don't mean it. In a, yeah, I mean yeah, it yeah. In a, in a, you do not stop. I mean, I've seen you. We've worked together on yeah. and off, and yeah. I, I just wonder what motivates you. You know, cause uh, you, you, you and and you, you, the work matters to you. I know that. Yeah, it but, does. It does. Why? Why? What motivates well, you? Well, I know. I think it. 
um, it's about social justice. I mean, and that's usually a trite thing, but it is about making a difference. It's mm. about social justice. Um, so one of the very one of the campaigns I was involved in, which affected me, still affects mm. me, is um, guy in Wolverhampton actually, a guy called Clinton McCurbin. Um, he were he he died at the hands of the police in next clothes shop uh, in 1987, um, and I was uh, and um, and that could have been me. I could. I could have walked to that the clothes shop, next clothes shop. Three police officers could have come to me and made an assumption that I was a, I was a kind of um, a, a kind of sh- yeah. shop shoplifting, and I could have been I could have been mm. held down and died mm. the way he mm. did. Well, we did the Metropolitan Police inquiry. Mm. Yes, and that was that was deeply and that day. was deep. Yeah, you know, I mean, it affected both of us. I oh, absolutely. To you about it and yeah. these cases where yeah. it could have been me, yeah. could have been you, held down yeah. by the police, choked yeah. to death, and and these and suddenly these things still happen. Mm. These things still happen, and so to me, it's about if we. I mean, we talk about we, you know, we talk about privilege. So, yeah. so it's not like we've got we've got privilege, absolute privilege. We've got little, we've got degrees of privilege. Yeah. And I think we should, you know, we have to use whatever influence or whatever position that we have mm. to to influence change yeah. the best way that we can. And and we try and work with people yeah. who can support that. What gives you hope? What gives me hope? Um, yeah. um, so I have a radio show. Uh, called Museum of Grooves. Which Museum you, of Grooves. I've been on. You, which have been on. Completely cocked up. We're supposed to be no. set. We're supposed to be sat on a spaceship, thinking yeah. about the future, well, sounds... and we're bringing the Museum of Grooves on. And I kept <laughs> talking about 26, 2019. I know, I know, I'm not very good at the future thing. Yeah. So <laughs> Great I'm a, show, yeah. So I'm a, I'm a sci-fi buff and a futurist and that kind of stuff. And essentially, my show is set in the future for yeah. about four hundred years. It's a great. And, and it's looking back in time. Yeah. So you know. From an Afro, Afro-futurist perspective, you have to. I'm going to tell optimists as well. So that's the one another by me. So it's, you have to, you have to think of the possibilities. Yeah, it can't be all doom and gloom. I mean, if that was the case, I'd probably be not, not. I'd probably have a different mindset. But that's me. I really believe in that whole yeah. Afro-futuristic, creating the possibility for a future, taking control, having agency, and influencing stuff, taking agency for what we do as well. Yeah, comes across actually. Every time what? I see you, yeah. yeah, it's true. It's like you know, I see, I see you. I don't, you know, people listen to this are going to go. It's a bit of a lovely, but I don't care. Yeah. It's like actually, you know, Patrick Vernon's here, all's well with the world. Well, there's well, something, not, there's well, something I mean, positive about that. Well, you know, nothing I, wrong with it. I, no, it's wrong. It's, it, I mean, the world's quite depressing, quite you know. I, and I suppose, despite this chaos of confusion and madness, it's about creating clarity. Yeah, and so I'm doing my bit around that. So yeah, yeah, and the museum and grooves and the museum grooves. I've touched good music, of course. Yeah, yeah. Music's important. Why? Why is it important? How does music create, create clarity from, for you? I think music gives us a sense of who we are. Yeah. Enjoyment, of course. Yeah. Um, memories. Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot meaning. Of, and meaning as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's been a gr- it's been great talking to you. Oh, well, so I, feel I just by want that. to thank you for the time you've given. Yes. Um, for your insights and the freedom of your conversation and contribution. Yeah. No, it's been a pleasure. Vernon, thanks very much, brother. Thank you. Thank you.
You can find out more about the work of Collaborate and the Collaborative Society on our website, collaboratecic.com. Do get in touch if you'd like to be part of the conversation.